tell you who I am. <laughs> who am I? Um, I am a very passionate guy, very passionate guy that is passionate about kingdom building and passionate about people. That, that's who I am. Um, I am a committed person to whatever I sink my teeth into that I'm going to do. And um, I don't give up. I'm not easily discouraged. Um, and even when I get frustrated, uh, I'm a person that's always going to get back up and I'm going to keep moving forward. And I love people. And that's, that's who Charles Harrison is. This is Intersections from WFYI Public Media. I'm Ryan Delaney. Charles Harrison is a frequent face on the evening news, a prominent voice for anti-violence in Indianapolis. But before he became an activist, Harrison faced a major decision as a teenager whose own life was touched by violence. So I seen my father basically fall to his knees in agony and just the grief I seen my father experience that night that we were told that, that Junior was dead. Charles Harrison and his stepbrother Junior grew up a few miles apart on opposite sides of the Ohio River. Although Junior visited Harrison and his father in Jeffersonville often, he kept his crime life away from them until the night his father got called to Louisville. When he came back home, he, um, you know, he shared with my mother what had happened, that Junior had been um, uh, shot, they believed, uh, seven or eight times. Uh, he had been thrown out of the car, left to die. The streets talk and rumors spread, and soon Harrison, who was just 14 at the time, had a pretty good idea of who'd killed his older stepbrother. What really frustrated me and, and caused my anger to go to a whole nother level was when the individuals that were allegedly involved in the killing of my brother showed up to the wake and funeral. He wanted revenge. Wanted to hurt him. Yeah, wanted revenge. Yeah, that's what that's running through my head. Because for them to embrace my father and mother and pretend like they were grieving for my brother when they uh, were the ones that killed him was just almost un un unbearable. At a moment when he was filled with rage, Harrison could have gone down a very different road. When he could have been sucked into violence, he wasn't. There were these thou shall nots you know, in, in, in my life. And, and ultimately, uh, it was those thou shall nots that, that kept me from pursuing trying to uh, harm those who had harmed my brother. Why did he turn away from the desire for revenge after Junior's murder? He had his family, he had sports, and he had the church. All those years of me being forced to go to church with my parents and all of the teachings that I got in the church, um, I think it created boundaries for me that I was not aware of. And ultimately, those boundaries kept me from falling off the cliff. A few years later, Harrison felt the calling to God, walking home late at night, 
for the first time, I really prayed to God. And, and I prayed to God that I didn't want to end my life like my brother did. That night, he had a vivid dream. Uh, of myself preaching and a lot of people standing around me. Uh, I must have been outside somewhere because I had a hat and coat on and, and a lot of people were there uh, as I was talking. That dream would foreshadow Harrison's life. Ordained as a minister, he moved to Indianapolis in the mid-90s to lead Barnes United Methodist Church on the near northwest side. It's in one of six neighborhoods that Indy public safety officials have identified as having an outsized crime problem. Now a leader of the Indianapolis Ten Point Coalition, he spends a lot of time outside of his church. God, we grieve today. We grieve for the loss of his son. We grieve this for is Harrison at a vigil for a man who was killed, shot on the sidewalk around lunchtime. It happened in one of the high crime focus area neighborhoods. We grieve, God, because we grieve that they have committed such senseless violence. So, God, we need you. We need you to motivate us, God. We need you to encourage us, God. We need you to strengthen us, God, so that we will not become weary and well I, I was um, willing uh, to step out and to put my faith into action when others were reluctant to do it, you know, and, and, and I did. Inspired by a group of violence interrupters working in Boston, Harrison helped form the Ten Point Coalition nearly 20 years ago. The faith-based anti-violence group patrols high-crime neighborhoods. How y'all doing? On a cold and damp night, they come across a group of men on a dark street corner. The men huddle around a fire in a steel trash can, greeting Harrison and his group with a warmth that matches the fire. Many of the Ten Point members flanking Harrison grew up in the neighborhoods they now try to keep safe. They have lives touched by violence as well. Some have troubled pasts that include prison time. It allows them, Harrison says, to better understand and connect with the young people they're trying to keep straight. Sometimes these, these young people feel like that what they're going through, nobody else went through. You know, we try to, to share with them, and I try to share my own personal story. I, I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to have a family member killed. I know what that feels like. I, I know what it feels like uh, to be at a crossroad in your life where you're trying to make a decision about your life and you have the potential to go in either direction, you know, and, and to share with them, these are the, 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 the factors that led me to take a different path. But I could have very easily taken the other path and been where you are. Along with these patrols, Ten Point often also shows up at murder scenes to keep the peace and act as a buffer between onlookers and the police. Seems like in your line of work you have to absorb a lot of frustration and, and anger and, and sorrow. Do you, do you feel like a sponge? Well, we are. We really are. We are a sponge out there, and we do absorb a lot of this, uh, a lot of the anger that people are feeling because... Uh, when people come out there, they're angry. You know, when a loved one has, has been killed, they're, they're angry. By being at homicide scenes day in and day out, Harrison has become a face of the black community, 
like at this murder scene in the driveway of a home at 34th and Sherman. After chatting with a police chaplain and firing off some tweets with anti-violence messages, we had this brief conversation. See, this is what nobody's talking about. What's you, that? you done had people trying to avoid the issue of, of gun violence. And you have had, in less than 24 hours, three more uh, homicides involving guns. And we don't want to talk about this issue, but you have people who have no regard for the sanctity of human life, and then they have no conflict resolution skills, and then they have guns in their hands, and this is the result of it. And this is what we're trying to get people to address. If we keep ignoring this, we're going to keep having bloodshed on our streets, and that's the problem. The media shows up at these crime scenes, too. And soon after, Harrison is doing another interview with a TV station. Harrison has been repeating this routine for years. Reporters even pointed it out when Harrison was surrounded by cameras after a meeting with the chief of police recently. Are you tired of talking about this? We can re-rack some of your same exact sound bites and get what you just said today. Well, yes, I'm tired of talking about it. That's why I came out. I've been doing this for 17 years. Can we just get your Thank you. Thank you. I think my role has probably changed because I think maybe my role now is to be the voice, the conscience of this, of this city. But he's more polarizing within the African-American community than media coverage suggests. While they credit his work and respect his role, other prominent figures say he does not speak for them. Instead, they say he's become a standard or de facto spokesperson. Harrison sometimes gets caught up in the politics of the moment. He considered running for mayor this year. He's drawn ire for taking stands on controversial topics, such as calling for the use of stop and frisk, as he did this summer. That police practice of random searches was ruled illegal in court and deemed racist by civil rights groups, and it caused the black community in Indianapolis to go bonkers, another pastor told me. Harrison stands by his desire for the use of stop and frisk. He says he's still waiting to hear a better idea. While he doesn't turn away from the spotlight, Harrison says he never set out to stand in it either. I never realized that all I went through as a young man growing up would be key to what I'm doing today because it, 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 it prepared me for this. But I certainly didn't see that at the time because my family has, has gone through a lot. And I often wonder why my family went through what we did when we were such a faithful family to God, you know, and God, why is our family going through all of this, this uh, turmoil, this violence, you know, that has impacted our families. But, but certainly it, it, it prepared me for the task that, that God has given me today. Harrison begins most days with a 6 a.m. run. It's his quiet time to collect his thoughts and pray. All too often, his day ends late at night in the chaos and emotion of a murder scene. News cameras rolling, his face bathed in the blues and reds of emergency lights, his tireless voice repeating his call for peace. You can find more from our Intersections project on our website, wfyi.org intersections. I'm Ryan Delaney. Thanks for listening.